0: Thank you, Sue. If you'll stay standing, we'll read a passage of scripture together. This is a great passage. I uh, kept rereading this and restating it this week just because it was so encouraging to me. Uh, This is Psalm 96, 10 through 13. If you'll read this with me, please. Say among the nations, the Lord reigns, the world is firmly established. It cannot be moved. He will judge the people with equity. Let the heavens rejoice. Let the earth be glad. Let the sea resound and all that is in it. Let the fields be jubilant and everything in them. Let all the trees of the forest sing for joy. Let all creation rejoice before the Lord, for he comes. He comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness and the peoples in his faithfulness. Isn't that a great passage of scripture? Let us pray. Father, what a great word of encouragement, Lord, that this whole world, the whole of creation, looks to, to celebrate, to be jubilant, to have joy at the coming of your Son, Jesus Christ. For he comes, he comes to judge the earth. Not for what it has done, but for what the inhabitants, the images of God have done to it. And that's the sorrowful thing, Father, is that we had this amazing responsibility and uh, we we forfeited it, actually. We gave it over to Satan, who destroyed it and continues to do so. And so, Father, in the midst of that destruction, in the midst of a world in chaos, this is a great verse because it gives us hope that all is not lost, that there will come a day when God will bring all of this back around, and for that we give you thanks. Bless us as your people, we pray this in Jesus' name, and to all God's people, said with me please, amen. Thank you, you may be seated. Um, I want to play something just real quick. Uh, many of you might n- know this organization, but um, it's not as prevalent as when I was growing up, uh, but nonetheless... Uh, I think it's important to to look at it. (laughs) of you remember that organization? Do you remember that? It it doesn't seem to be as prevalent, at least today, it doesn't seem to be as as obvious, but uh, back in the 1960s and 70s when I grew up, that used to be the big thing, the radicals against the organizations and the companies that were dumping all kinds of junk out into our world, and um, so I was just mindful of that. Um, Several of you have mentioned actually uh, actually just lately, uh, when Deb and I went and did the bike trail up around the Schuylkill River, and a lot of you said, you know that used to be black. Remember that? When the coal industry was going up? uh, Some of you said, yeah, years and years ago, if you went up to Boston and you went to the Boston Harbor, that thing was just nothing but pollution. And so, you know, I'm really thankful that... uh, There's been some some work in cleaning up our environment, actually. Deb and I lived just outside of Gary, Indiana. I don't know if you know that city or not. It was known for two things. It was the murder capital of the United States for years. And it was one of the most polluted places, uh, literally on the planet as well. Deb and I can remember as uh, kids in school, Uh, You know, every year we would take a field trip to Chicago. From where we lived, Gary was 30 minutes. uh, 30 minutes from Gary, Indiana, we were out in the middle of the country. It was all farm. Uh, 30 minutes in, you were into Gary, Indiana. Next to Pittsburgh, it was one of the largest steel-producing companies uh, in America. So it put out a lot of steel and it put out a lot of pollution, and you could always tell, as soon as you were approaching Gary, uh, if we had a field trip to science and industry in Chicago or a field museum or someplace up there, we always knew uh, that when you got about to Gary, you put all the windows on the bus up because it just smelled wretched. It smelled like somebody died and was rotting. That's how bad the city smelled. It was just absolutely horrendous. And so it's, it's good that we are... Taking care of the planet, at least addressing a lot of those issues. But we still battle greed at the expense of the lies of, of people. Um, not too long ago, uh, gosh, I can't even remember how long ago that was, uh, in Detroit with the lead in the water. Do you remember that? Uh, they knew that lead was in the water and they didn't do anything about it. Why? It's money. They didn't want to go in and change the pipes. They wouldn't, didn't want to do anything. In fact, they changed the water source, uh, and that's what really got them in trouble. They're cancer-causing wastewater dumps leaking into rural ways in Texas. There's still kinds of those EPA things going on. Um, and I think down the road, as Oklahoma has found out, Pennsylvania is going to have to deal with the repercussions of fracking. Uh, I, I, when I moved here, I know my insurance agent thought I was crazy, but I got earthquake insurance. Didn't cost much, but I saw what was going on in Oklahoma. They have more earthquakes per capita in that state than the rest of the country because of what they're doing. And so in in effort to make our lives better and to produce better energy, we often make, uh, make our planet groan. If I could use that biblical word, that's what we do. It can also go to the other extreme, the excesses. I remember years and years ago that they needed to put a highway in in California, but they couldn't do it because a spotted owl nest was found in a tree. Do you remember that? I don't know if they went around it or what they needed to do, but you know, animals go extinct all the time, and it's not because of human. Uh, violation. Sometimes they just go extinct, and we can't save everything with the limited resources that we have. I wanted you to see this image in, in Sao Paulo, uh, Brazil, because I found it very, very ironic. Uh, the future of the planet is what, church? Can you read that? It's in your hands. But who where it's, what's the banner hanging off of? It's, it's, it's hanging off of Jesus. That's the irony of this. Now, I, I know that the your in that statement was meant to be us as humanity. It's in our hands, as in you have a responsibility to, to do your part. But biblically... There's actually a truth here that they haven't understood and that actually the planet ultimately is not in our hands. The planet is ultimately in whose? It's in Jesus' hands. The Bible is very, very clear about this. Man will not be the downfall of this earth no matter how much damage he does. And by the way, if you have any doubt of that, I would invite you after church to go to Beatrice Hall and sit in a Revelation Sunday school class. And you're going to find out who blows this planet to pieces or renews it or whatever terminology your theology dictates. It's not man that judges this earth, Psalm 96. It's the Lord that judges this earth. The Lord is the one that brings judgment upon it. Man came out of the earth. From dust you came to dust you will return. That's what Genesis and Ecclesiastes 3 and 20 says. And it is God who will ultimately renew it. Why? Because man is connected to the earth. And earth is always inextricably connected to man. God is outside of both. Our hope is not in man. We will never ever get this planet back to Eden. We never will. Evolution is not true. We are in devolution Things are spinning down, not up. And man is not going to make this planet any better. He's going to make it worse. Why? Because there's a central cause to it. Look with me at Romans 18, if you would, please. Romans 8 and 18. We're going to look at this passage because it's very significant on this world day of prayer for the care of creation. I know the globalists and the, those who are uh, a little bit on the extreme, on the, the socialization of things. This is their drumbeat right now. Climate change and all of these other issues. Church, chi- climate change, whatever you believe about that, whether you believe it's true or not true, it's not the issue. The problem is it's a distraction. It is a distraction theologically for what Satan is doing Spiritually. Because if he can get you sidetracked on something like saving seals or whales or not using plastic containers, which I'm not against, but if he gets you focused in all of your energy and your resources into doing that, to saving the planet, once again, church, the planet cannot be saved. So we need to reorient our thinking and change and not And have this balance that God wants us to have by caring about creation. Yes, we're called to do that. We ought to be, as followers of Christ, the biggest proponents of that. But let us not get sidetracked on the focus. The the central focus is not this earth, the central focus is the souls of mankind. It's reaching people for Jesus. That's our focus. How do I know? Romans 8 tells me this, and creation itself is groaning, waiting for this. So look with me at 18, if you would, please. I consider that our present sufferings are not worth comparing with the glory That will be revealed in us. There's something more horrific, church, more devastating than plastic bottles floating up as plastic islands in some beaches. There's something more horrific and devastating than a nuclear waste seeping out of 55-gallon drums tossed into the Pacific Ocean. There's something more horrific, more devastating than CO2, SO2 smog that burns the eyes and throat so bad that you can barely venture outside. Welcome to Beijing, China, by the way, and Beirut, Lebanon, and on good days, Los Angeles. All of these things, church, are symptomatic. They are the result of one thing. Sin. Man is not essentially good. That is a lie that the world tells you. He is essentially wicked, but able to do good things by the general grace of God and through societal restrictions. You see, in the very beginning, God created man and he put him in the garden to tend to it, to care for it, to be a producer, not an evil consumer. By the way, the old English word, which I actually love, And I've taught in marriage seminars is that Adam was first called what? Do you know that word I'm looking for? What is what is a what is a a, it's a male? What is a male who is who tends a garden, who tends uh, his world called husbandman? Husbandman. So, what does a husband do in a marriage relationship? He takes care of. He tends to. He makes profitable and fruitful. That's what men are supposed to do in the marriage relationship. It's what Adam was called to do in the Garden of Eden. He was to do all those wonderful things. Look with me, please, in Genesis 1 and 26. Then God said, let us make mankind in our image. That's his identity in our likeness for the purpose of church so that they may do what? rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and the livestock and all the wild animals and over all the creatures that move along the ground. Man was created in the image of God. That is his or her identity. He was created for a purpose to rule. But there's a specific type of rule that Genesis commands us to do. It's tied with our identity. We are to rule like God, not like selfish men. We are to rule as an earthly, royal representative of the Creator Himself. But consistently, the Scriptures teach this, that rule is not to be exploitive, but compassionate. Jesus said, if you want to be a great leader, you must be a great what, church? Servant. So in order for us to rule this world well, we must not exploit and overbear it. We must do what with it? Take care of it. We serve it. And in serving creation, we serve ourselves. But man's selfish heart and his desire gave way. It, it came into self-service rather than serving others, and it broke into God's perfect world, and every fell, everything fell into disarray. Man was broken. Woman was broken. The family would be broken, Genesis 4. Mankind's relationship with God is broken, and ultimately, man's connection with the earth is broken. Everything is broken now because of one thing sin. Look at this. Cursed is the ground because of you, Adam. Through painful toil, you will eat food from it all, uh, all the days of your life. It will produce thorns and thistles for you, and you will eat the plants of the field. And by the sweat of your brow you will eat your food until you return to the ground since from it you were taken. To dust you are and to dust you will return. Man will fight against the earth and the earth will fight back against man but there is an eager expectation of a reconciliation, of a, of a hope of, of return back to this amazing relationship that we had with our world. Something inside of us knows of that hope. Look with me at Romans 8, 19, and 20 again. For the creation awaits, or waits in eager expectation for the children of God, that is followers of Jesus, to be revealed, For the creation was subjected to frustration not by its own choice but by the will of the one who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be liberated from its bondage to decay and brought into the freedom and glory of the children of God. This wonderful relationship that we have again with the earth and man. When man sinned, the earth was cursed. When man becomes fully restored and blessed, what will happen with creation? Same thing. It'll be restored, renewed, and refreshed. Jesus came into this world to be born like one of us, a man. And men are what? Inextricably connected to? The earth. So God became man in order to do something, to restore, to renew He came to reconcile us to God through his own death, burial, and resurrection. He paid the wrathful price of sin on the cross so that we might be the sons and daughters of God, not of Satan. And since we are inextricably connected to the earth, the earth now has hope of being brought back into its proper relationship with man. The problem is is that Jesus provided redemption for our spirits, that we would be born anew into the family of God, but something is still waiting for that renewal, and it's what? Our bodies. Look with me at 2 Corinthians 4 and 16, great passage of Scripture. Therefore, we do not lose heart, though outwardly we are what? And we can all say amen to this, by the way. We are all wasting away. Every year older we get, the more the body parts start wearing out and things happen. It's just because we live in a broken world, church. Though outwardly we are wasting away, yet inwardly we are being what? Keyword, renewed day by day for our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but on what is unseen. For what is seen is temporary, and what is unseen is eternal. That's the focus difference that we need to be having. This is our present struggle. We struggle against our own sin. We struggle against the sin of others. We struggle living in a broken, decaying body. We struggle living among a broken and corrupt humanity. We struggle living in a creation that's constantly devolving and decaying, and yet... And yet we still have hope. We have hope in Christ Jesus who will one day come and bring wholeness to all who are willing to receive it. We hope that that God will one day deal decisively with sin. We hope that God will one day restore creation to its proper place where peace and harmony exist between all. We have hope in the fullness of salvation that Jesus Christ has paid for us. We have hope in the midst of all of this. 8, 22, and 24. We know that the whole creation has been doing what, church? Oh, by the way, that's the same word uh, that we find in Ephesians 5 when it says the Holy Spirit, actually Romans 8, that the Holy Spirit is groaning on our behalf when we don't know how to pray, when words won't come, when life is so incredibly difficult. God himself is groaning and praying for us. We are never left without his presence, even though we feel like that. We know that the whole creation has been groaning, as in the pains of childbirth, right up to the present time. Not only so, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit. Guess what we're doing? We're groaning. We're saying, oh God, this isn't the way it's supposed to be. I shouldn't have to deal with sickness. I shouldn't have to deal with death. I shouldn't have to deal with weeds in my garden and thorns and thistles and all the things that I'm battling every single day. It just reminds me of two things. Number one, this world is broken, but it also reminds me that I have a hope in Jesus Christ. That's what that does. We groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for our adoptions to sonship, the redemption of our in particular bodies, the wholeness of our person then. For in this hope we were saved. We, but hope is, is that uh, hope that is seen as no hope at all. Who hopes for what they've already had or what they already have? So it's, it's yet coming, church. That's what Paul was saying in 8, 22 and 4. I want you to see one more passage as we close together. This is 2 Corinthians 5 and 4, 4 and 5. 4, chapter 4 and 5 are together. It really speaks about Paul's kind of wrestling with life. And um, for while we are in this tent, talking about our body, we once again, we groan and are burdened because we do not wish to be unclothed, but to be clothed instead with our heavenly dwelling. Which means there's something better, there's a new body coming our way, so that what is mortal, that something that dies may be swallowed up by something that doesn't die, something that has eternal life to it. Now, the one who has fashioned us, church, for this very purpose, not to be broken, not to be sick, not to die, not to struggle, that's the purpose. That person is God who has given us the Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing what is to come. God has made us a promise. He's given us the Holy Spirit to prove that that promise is true and He's given a purpose for us. This purpose, eternal life, living in harmony with each other in the midst of a broken creation. That purpose, the purpose for which Jesus died and rose again, for this reason, Out of all the people, we have hope in a dying and decaying and wicked world, and God has guaranteed it. And so, on this world day of creation, when everyone is focused on saving the planet, how about we talk about the one who will save the souls of those who are on this earth? Because God will destroy this earth. He's going to refashion it. He's going to renew it. Why? Because he has guaranteed and promised that he's going to do that with those made in his image. And we're inextricably tied together. That's the promise that God has given. It's the hope that we have. So in the midst of the brokenness that we have to live in, let us not be people who lose hope. Let us turn toward the hope as something that's coming our way. And all God's people said, please, that's the hope we have. While we're in this broken body, we still have to deal with stuff like that. But there's going to come a time when we won't have to because Jesus has promised it. And that's what I take great comfort in. Let's pray together as we close, shall we? Father, thank you for the word of God and the strength of it and the power of it. We receive it today. We are mindful that the rest of of Christendom uh, is, is celebrating Um, sort of a globalist mentality of let's save the world, let's save the planet, but I guarantee you very few of them are talking about what broke it in the first place. They're not talking about sin. They're not talking about what man did. This broken image, this handing over our planet basically to Satan. We were supposed to rule, but now the God of this age does, and he is a thief and a murderer and a destroyer and a ruiner. He does all of these things because it's who he is. He's a liar from the very beginning. And so, Father, let us not fall into the trap of the conversation of, hey, let's go save the planet. Let us be respectful and honor your world and take care of it the best of our ability. But in the end, it will be judged. And so let us not put all of our time and resources into things that don't matter. Let's put them into things that do, which is bringing Jesus and the gospel, the good news to people who have never heard it. God, that's our prayer today. Help us, we ask, in Jesus' name. And all God's people, said with me, please. Amen. God's peace. Pastor Joel, Miss Sarah, do you want to make your way out to the library so folks can say, say hi to you today? That would be wonderful.